Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly roundup of the best of bailiwick sport. Coming up this week, a major move for Guernsey Netball. We'll hear from Development Officer Amy Fallies about their search for a first ever paid island head coach. Oh, it's huge. I'm so, so excited that we can finally start to chat to people about this because it's been something that's been um, in the background. We've been working on it for a while now. Um, and it's just something that we really think is going to help push forward Guernsey Netball, especially now for more of our senior players. More from Amy to come. Plus, we'll look ahead to what's happening over the next few days. I'm Tony Kerr. And alongside me, as ever, is Guernsey Press Sport Editor Gareth DePrevo. Hi, Tony. And also from the sports desk, Jamie Ingle. <laughs> Hi, Tony. <laughs> um, let's start with our moments of the week, shall we? Um, Gareth, I can probably guess yours. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's everyone's moment of the week in say, Guernsey, I think. In some ways, you could almost regard it as the moment of the last couple of decades, really. When Guernsey gets an, an in, a full international footballer, it, um, it's something worth shouting about, really. And just to... I think it was almost... Seeing a tweet, I think, is almost the highlight of the week. Just seeing six o'clock on Tuesday night when England Lionesses released their starting side and seeing two male Letizia, it was just great. <laughs> and it, it, um, it was just... Um, a real fulfilment of it was something we knew would come someday but it perhaps has come a bit earlier than everyone expected and then to just be able to watch her sort of live on national television making an England debut and playing so assuredly she was just so she just looked really confident no real sign of nerves almost cool as a cucumber almost too cool sometimes but um, it's just great to be able to witness that. And um, yeah, first of many, let's hope. Yeah, there was a moment a couple of minutes into it where she was called into action, um, you know, sort of charged back and, and kind of just did enough to put the attacker off where you just thought, oh God, don't clean her out here and uh, see the penalty. But, you know, with Mayor, you expect her to to adjust to any situation and look like she belongs there. So it was yeah, no surprise. She, I mean, even in, in making that challenge, it was... Um, it had an element of risk to it, but it just looked like a confident challenge, you know, and she didn't hold back on it. She she probably knew that there was a risk to it. Um, but yeah, she did enough to put the, the striker off and it was a good save too by Ellie Roebuck. But um, yeah, there, there was another moment in the first half where she sort of misplaced a pass trying to play along the, the back four and it sort of led to a bit of a counter-attack from Norway. Other than that, I I don't think she really put her foot wrong. I mean, the rest of the game, she was, she was excellent. And... Um, I, as, as well as she played at right back for an hour, I thought she looked more at home, even more at home, I should say, probably at centre back when um, when both the the experienced the European Championship and winning centre backs had gone off. Um, she just looked right at home, despite the fact that England were only one one nil up and then ended up drawing one all. Um, yeah, it's just it was the sort of performance that you'd probably dream of as a as a debut. And with the World Cup sort of just around the corner, you'd imagine Serena Wiegmann must be looking at it and thinking uh, she provides me with at least cover along along pretty much the whole back four. Um, I mean, you wouldn't imagine if everyone was fit. I mean, some of the main stars of that side are in the defence. So if everyone's fit, she's not going to make the starting side of a, of a World Cup quite yet. But um, the potential is obviously there and... As part of, I take it as a, probably a 20, 26 strong squad they take to the World, Women's World Cup too. Um, she'll um, she'll definitely be in contention on a thought. As you say, um, England missing a couple of big names from this one, but it, yeah, that kind of performance, what you know, won't have done it any harm at all in terms of the, the, you know the short term opportunities. Mm. Um, and you, and you think as well, I know you know to get to that level, all of those players will have to be determined and, and you know and, and great in a team environment as well. Mm. But for a young player like Mayer, who spoke so confidently ahead of it in front of the media, 
you know her personality and her her drive you know you can be sure that she made a big impact just amongst that camp for the mm. six or seven days and what an opportunity rather than just sort of i don't know going to st george's park and then going to wembley and going home you know to to, to go away for a couple of games um you almost couldn't sort of imagine a better uh introduction i suppose to senior international football yeah exactly and and i was just so impressed with what she said after the game when sort of like she was asked how she found out that she was going to be starting she, she basically said oh well, serena actually told us the team on monday this was ahead of tuesday night's game and she said sort of obviously really excited at that point and then sort of like a minute later she's saying right I've got to prepare. I've got to be ready for this game, and it's, it's, she's just got such a, a terrific professional attitude about her that you just you just don't think that there's really a limit to how far she can go. Yeah, and you've got some more coverage coming up in the paper on Saturday. Well worth picking up the um, weekend edition of the Guernsey Press um, to to read. Well, the thoughts of, of uh, a few people who've been involved in in her early career in Guernsey and also um, a former international who's watching on as well uh, with very admiring um, kind of glances. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, well, definitely one to pick up over the weekend. And I think Gareth is why he tweeted and it's guaranteed to come up at some point down the line. The Pinatar Arena. Pinatar Mark- Arena in Mercia, <laughs> yeah. Spain against Norway. Um, Rachel Daly scored for England. So <laughs> I need to note these things down yeah, for future so. quizzes over here. Yeah. I guarantee next year the Orchard Media Quiz We'll be there racking our brains after a few pints. What was it? What was Arena called? Yes, you will be. (laughs) You'll be straight in there. Um, As I say, more coverage of of Mayor's debut um, to come over the weekend in the paper. So do pick up a copy of that. And we'll be back with a football podcast on Monday as well for more local football discussion. Um, Jamie, let me come to you for your moment of the week. I'm going to go with a netball related highlight this week. Um, Yeah. The, our young Panthers on the 16 side had uh, they had a clash with a team that currently leads uh, South on the 16 Division 2. Um, Panthers have not had the best start to the season, I think it's fair to say. They've sort of been up against it in the early games. They had quite a few tough losses. and But completely to my surprise, and I'm sure quite a few of the other people involved... Basically, it was a one-goal victory against Dreams. Um, they possibly didn't do it in the cleanest fashion, having led by nine at half-time. And it's a bit nerve-wracking seeing Dreams pull it all the way back, make it a draw with several minutes <laughs> remaining. But yeah, um, they sh- the Young Panthers just showed really nice composure to... <laughs> to pull it back, get ahead and actually stay ahead. And you could just see from their celebrations that it really meant a lot to them. So congratulations. Yeah, seconded. And, you know, that's a couple of wins for them this season. And um, mm. re- reading the quotes from, from the coaches as well, you know, um, they're obviously, obviously delighted um, for the girls to achieve a result like that. And uh, it is fantastic. We're going to hear more in a moment um, about you know the sort of the immediate future of Guernsey netball but um yeah it sounds like uh, whoever the head coach who comes in is going to have some good young players to work with um you know in the next few years definitely well let's leave it there for part one and uh, coming up next we'll be hearing from Amy Fallows Welcome back to the Guns Press Sport Podcast. Do hit follow, subscribe wherever you're getting your shows um, to get every episode delivered to you each week. Um, right, as far as senior representative netball goes, it has been um, a pretty quiet time for the island's top players. Panthers haven't returned to league action since the pandemic. There hasn't been an interinsula either. But could they soon have something to get their teeth into and someone to push netball forward locally? Guernsey Netball is looking for the first time for a paid head coach, someone who will be tasked with re establishing representative netball and performance pathways for the island's leading players. Um, To find out more about the role and just what it could mean for the sport locally, I caught up with Guernsey's netball development officer, Amy Fallows. 
Amy, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Good to see you. Um, exciting moment, exciting time for Guernsey Netball uh, with the head coach role kind of um, you know, going out to the wider world and uh, you know, the application process opening for that. Um, just put it into perspective for us. I mean, how important, how significant a moment could this be for the sport locally? Oh, it's huge. I'm so, so excited that we can finally start to chat to people about this because it's been something that's been um, in the background. We've been working on it for a while now. Um, and it's just something that we really think is going to help push forward Guernsey netball, especially now for more of our senior players. So kind of around the time of COVID, things sort of disintegrated a little bit, um, understandably, because we weren't able to play any netball. Um, and kind of since then, it's it's not really picked back up. And it's just trying to provide something now where we can get our senior players some opportunities to develop, to get some match play, hopefully, and just to get a little bit excited about netball again. Um, and we haven't had that for a while now. So hopefully getting this head coach in place is really going to help us to to drive that forwards. Yeah, fantastic. What's that head coach role going to look like for, for the person who, who comes in? Um, is it sort of taking the, the senior Panthers side, but also um, kind of yeah, age group teams as well? Yeah, exactly that. So the idea will be that it will be someone to come and head up our senior teams. Um, so whether that's just Guernsey representative netball or whether we kind of go back into a Panthers setup where we're maybe competing more regularly, but that will be for them to kind of shape that and really help us with looking at our performance netball, our representative netball and what we want that to be. So ideally, it'll be quite a practical role in terms of actually coaching that senior team, but then also helping to get coaches in place or supporting the coaches in place for under 19s and our under 16s, um, maybe helping to build a bit more of a team around that, doing a bit of mentoring for other coaches throughout the age group um, stuff. Um, and generally as well, just developing our coaches across the island. So we're hoping we can get someone in that's got their level three coaching already and ideally is able to start to deliver some of the other England netball coaching courses and workshops locally for us, because obviously that's always been a challenge to get on those courses um, when they're being held in the UK. Um, so it's partly that. Um, and what we'd also really like is for someone to kind of then help shape generally our performance pathways. So for any of our younger netballers coming through, what does it look like for them? Um, what are those stages that they can develop through? Um, on island but then also if they're getting to a point where we're looking to take them for opportunities off island hopefully this person can help us to shape that there's a lot England netball have been doing some work trying to um, develop their performance pathways across all of their counties and they've kind of sent some stuff across to us but we're not really in a position to be able to run with that at the minute so we're hoping we can get this head coach in and they can really help us to push on with that. You mentioned Panthers um, sort of senior setup I mean is there a possibility then that we don't return to to kind of competing regularly in league netball? Are there other avenues that, that might be explored? Yeah, I think there's options to be explored there. I think what will be really important is obviously, whilst it's about having some of that input and that expertise from a head coach that's going to come in, what we're hoping someone um, in that position can do is also build a really good relationship with the players to understand actually what is it that our players locally want to have? Do we want to be having regular... Um, weekly matches do we want to be looking more at actually just being able to go off get some really high quality tournaments um, but then actually that means that the training maybe is just a few weeks block leading into that rather than it being a an additional weekly training session I think by the nature of potentially having a head coach that's going to come over let's say about 50 days a year or something like that coming over for weekends or whatnot that maybe lends itself to kind of doing more sort of 
training workshops, training camps with a bit of a focus point rather than maybe a, a constant weekly session. But we'll see that's that's for someone to create. Um, but I think it's exciting to think that we maybe don't need to go straight back into what we were doing before. There might be other options. There might be things that we can do better that might engage people a little bit more um, and might be more realistic maybe because um, I think we've maybe mentioned it before, but um, Jeremy Frith did a, a bit of a review for us on our performance and representative netball. And actually we've we've put out a bit of a summary of that on our website now as well for people to be able to look at. And that was just chatting to the players and seeing what is it that was working, that wasn't working with our performance netball. And there was different thing, themes that came out of that. And I think we can really use that, um, that insight and that, um, information from the players work with then a new head coach to try and see what is the best option going forward rather than maybe just going into a default that might not have been working mm. um, as well as it could be. It's not to say that it couldn't be something that we look at in the future, but I think the some of the issues where we didn't have the right sort of infrastructure and support and finance in place to be able to go and, and do that kind of weekly commitment of matches. Um, so maybe it's something we look towards in the future, but I'm quite excited to see what we end up doing in the next kind of two to three years. And actually it's all coming around at quite a good time um, in terms of getting this new head coach role in place because behind the scenes, I have been chatting to some other development officers from other islands and from other areas about potentially some tournaments and competitions that we could have going on next year. None of it's set in stone yet, but there's conversations happening. So I think all of this fitting together um, is is quite exciting and hopefully is all kind of the timings all coming together now. We've done a lot of hard work in the last year um, and hopefully kind of in this next up and coming year, we might all see it sort of um, fall into place. Brilliant. That's really exciting. I mean, yeah, in terms of that sort of structure that you can tap into, am I right in saying that Isle of Man, they play more as a kind of, they play in those sort of international European tournaments rather than a league-based kind of yeah. outfit. Yeah. So. yeah, so Isle of Man aren't actually um, linked into England netball in the way that we are. So us and Jersey, we're kind of counties of England netball, whereas Isle of Man, I think maybe used to be, but they've kind of gone out on their own to be their own um, country. Um, and they link directly into Europe netball. So that potentially gives them a bit more flexibility in the things that they're able to do. They've been able to host um, big tournaments with other countries and things like um, World Cup qualifiers and things like that. And I know that's in their um, kind of plans looking forward is is how they can get more into those kind of things. But um, for us, maybe that's that's not quite where we're at yet because we're a little bit smaller and we've got a little bit more to develop. But it's interesting to see that there's there's other ways of doing things. Um, and it's been quite nice speaking to some of the other islands and I, hopefully that's something I can continue to develop is those relationships with the other islands just to work out how are they doing things and you know there's probably a lot of similar challenges that we all face mm. um, being kind of like smaller communities um, so I'm hoping that's something we can we can keep keep in touch with them definitely with the Isle of Man we've been looking to see if we can get some more competitions um, maybe if they could be another like link up with the air bridge if that ever happens again then we definitely look to jump on that and get some um get some more competition if not we might have to look at getting some flights there ourselves yeah. but um to, to get all the squads some games and and also i know they've got a men's team that they're developing as well so we'd love to get our men's team some more games too 
one side that is still competing in in kind of league netball in in England is the under 16s yes. and they had a fantastic win at the weekend um over a side right at the top of the table which is yeah. which is awesome to see i mean for that group of players and and you know for girls in that age group how much of a a boost is it going to be to them to see you know head coach come in and someone who's going to kind of you know drive that that sort of forward yeah i'm hoping it's going to be really exciting for them and it's awesome to see them still being able to play in that league and to be putting out those performances um, and, you know, credit to the coaching staff that are are doing that with them. And I'm really hoping that this new head coach can come in um, and can, yeah, be a bit of an inspiration in terms of um, what they can offer and showing that there is then a pathway that once those girls move out of the under 16s, it doesn't then just stop. There's actually going to be some things for them to follow through. Um, so that's what's really exciting for me is that as much as it's for those senior players that are going to benefit at the time, it's also creating those opportunities for the players that are coming through to see that there is a senior team for them to progress to. Um, and hopefully lots of exciting competitions and, and things for them to go to as well. Yeah, brilliant. And for you as development officer, um, presumably the, the, this new head coach is going to be someone you're going to be working closely with. Um, you know, is that an exciting, kind of personally um, an exciting thing for you? Yes, I, I am. I'm really excited. I think I've said the word excited <laughs> about 100 times so far. Um, but for me, it would just be really nice to have someone that's coming in with that experience, with that enthusiasm, um, and for me to have someone to learn from, to bounce ideas off of, and also just to know that we're really giving a focus to that area of netball because at the minute, there's only so much that I can do. I'm really, I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done with, um, with the kind of youngsters in terms of setting up our Saturday club for years two to six. We've got a Monday night for year seven now. I'm managing to get into the schools a lot more. Um, a lot of that's been um, made achievable this year because we've hired an admin assistant and Andy's been brilliant. Um, so she can help with a lot more of the admin. That means I'm not tied up in those things as much. So then I can get out there and I can be doing a lot more. Um, so having this head coach come in, hopefully they can then look at the performance side. I can look at the development side and then we can kind of work on some areas together. Um, and I think, yeah, that's just going to be really, really good for all of us, hopefully. Yeah, because we spoke to you quite soon after you took the job. In fact, it might have been before you started. Yeah. Um, how have you found the whole experience so far? Because it about a year and a bit? Yeah, a year and a bit now. So I started, I would have started in August 2021. Um, so yeah, it's been busy um, and it's been full on. And at times it's kind of just almost been a little bit overwhelming, if I'm honest. But What's been really great is that it's always been because of positive reasons. It's been busy and overwhelming because there's so many people that want to play netball. You know, still getting emails every week from parents that are asking, oh, can my um, child come and play netball this weekend? They want to join in. Um, so it's really exciting to see that the more that we're offering, actually the more interested people are. And that just shows that we've kind of only just tapped into the potential of what we could be doing on island um, with netball. So I think there's been so much that's actually happened in, in the last year already. Um, and I think a lot of it has been setting the foundations for hopefully what's to come in the next year, two years or so. Um, so yeah, that, that keeps me motivated and, keep, and that keeps me going because I'm, I'm seeing some of the changes start to happen now and I'm seeing the enthusiasm definitely from a lot of the younger players. Um, and I'm excited now to hopefully be able to push that on a little bit now. Um, and yeah, see where we can get to over the next couple of years. Obviously, over that year, you know, you've got a pretty good handle, I'm sure, on what's what works well, you know, areas which might need a bit more work. I mean, what are the sort of biggest opportunities and, and challenges do you think the sport of netball facing Guernsey in the next year or two? 
So I think a massive thing for us and something that I'm really trying to push at the minute is getting um, more opportunities for people to get involved with volunteering or even in paid roles. Like we're actually able to pay some of our coaches now on some of our programs. And for some people, they might think, oh, yeah, well, obviously, but that's that's not necessarily always happened before. And that's really exciting because that then means that maybe you're giving someone a Saturday job because they can come and um, work in netball and know that actually they don't necessarily have to do it as a volunteer. So I'm creating those coaching opportunities. But with that comes trying to get people trained up um, so that they're doing their England netball level one. They're doing maybe they want to progress onto their England netball level two. Um, any other kind of things along the way. So I'm trying to... Um, make sure that we can get more of that happening. Um, same with the umpiring. Um, we've had quite a few people recently sign on to um, England Netball's Into Officiating Award, which is an online um, course that you can do, which is like the complete basics into umpiring. Um, and that sets people off on their kind of pathway if they want to become an umpire. So all those kind of things, if people are interested in doing that, they can get in touch with me and we can get them onto those courses now. But it's also things like, we just need volunteers for everything. And especially actually at board level, we've got a couple of um, big positions that have come up now, but they're crucial in making sure that we can keep delivering on all these things that we're planning with Netball. So um, we're looking for a new chairperson. I think we're looking for a new company secretary. Um, could also do with someone kind of taking on like the partnerships role. So we've got people that are helping out in those areas at the minute, but it's how can we get more people involved. And I think what we've really tried to look at over the last year is how can we get more people doing smaller, more manageable tasks? So it doesn't all fall on just a couple of people um, having to work really, really, really hard to keep netball going. So um, yeah, I'd be super interested to hear from anyone that's kind of been thinking about it, but isn't sure. Um, and it doesn't even have to be people from within netball already. That's what's quite exciting is that it, it can be anyone um, if they've got other sports experience or if they've just got experience in a, a particular skill set, there's definitely something that we can we can get people involved. It's interesting because yeah, speaking to um, Steve and Nikki from the Sports Commission not that long ago, you know, when you think of volunteers in sport, you think of someone with a whistle in their mouth and and you know handing out bibs. But actually, it's these roles for kind of sort of people with professional experience to kind of come in and, and help you um, run these organisations. Uh, yeah, it's, definitely. It's um, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a, a business really that we're trying to keep running so that people can be playing netball and getting all the positive things from netball. But there's certain things that you've got to make sure you get done to let that happen. So it's, you know, it's running a business, running a charity. It's making sure we've got people with those skills in place to to ensure that things can continue to go smoothly. And and it's worked really well so far in, in the restructuring that we have had with our board has meant that this year we've managed to get on new sponsors. So we've had Ravenscroft come in um, and sponsor our Future Panthers programme. We've had Deloitte come in and sponsor the Winter League. And those are huge, huge sponsorships. And that's we're so grateful to have those sponsors on board. But a lot of that has come from people being able to see oh yeah, Netball Association, they know what they're doing. They've got all their kind of um, corporate governance in place and that's going to be a good investment and they, they can see um, the impact that we're already making and what we could be doing if we had a little bit more of that support. Well, I'm sure there's uh, lots of people in Guernsey with the skills needed for that. So uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll find some people. Just to come back to the head coach role. I mean, how kind of quickly do you hope to have someone in place? So um, I think the closing date for the applications is in December. I think it might be middle of December. And then we're hoping that we can um, be interviewing people by January, have someone in place by February. Um, 
some people they're probably panicking and thinking oh but interinsulas happen in March normally so that's not enough time but realistically we're working with with what we've got if we can get someone in place by February that would be brilliant um and you know there's going to be other things I'm hoping in place for us to go and compete in um other competitions and things so you know that coach can be working interinsulas can be a, a really um big part of it they're kind of it will get them um hitting the ground running a little bit to, to get us ready for that but um there'll be other competitions and things hopefully that they can prepare us through later in the season um so yeah hopefully someone in place by february i am hoping to um just get a few things going in the meantime so that um we have got some senior players who are ready then in february to to get started with a new coach so i'm going to be speaking to people about that in terms of what we can do in the meantime but yeah hopefully have someone in place by february i think we're putting on a bit of an information session um early in December for people that see the advert, but they maybe want to know a bit more about Guernsey or Guernsey netball or what exactly the role is going to entail, how they get to Guernsey, all those kind of things. <laughs> We're going to put on an information session for people. Um, so hopefully people can come along to that, find out a little bit more um, and go from there. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. And just finally, Amy, an, an incredibly exciting moment for Guernsey sport and for Mayor Letizia on Tuesday night, making her England debut. I mean, for you, as someone who's so heavily involved in sport in Guernsey and, and you know works with with lots of young girls, you know how big a moment is that? You know, for for the island and I suppose as a, as a kind of a beacon of inspiration for for youngsters in the island. I mean, it, it must be hugely significant. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so cool to be able to see that, and you kind of see it on on the social media, um, and just to be able to see someone from Guernsey um, out there doing that is awesome. And what I love is that. On Saturday morning, I was actually chatting to some of the, the young girls that we have there. Um, obviously on Saturday, we had the um, Women's Rugby World Cup finals as well. So I was saying to the girls, who's been watching that? Um, and some of them had got up early to watch it. Some of them were then telling me, oh, you know, did you know there's a girl from Guernsey playing in the England football team as well? So then we were chatting about Maya. And, you know, so that's at a, a netball session on a Saturday morning, but the impact is, is the same kind of across all the sports. I think for any of the young girls being able to see um, a girl from Guernsey go out and play at the top of her sport is just massive. Um, so yeah, massive congrats to Maya um, and just keep doing what you're doing. That's awesome. Amy Fatley is speaking to me there. Potentially the start of something really exciting for um, the sport here. I mean, it seems like she's done a terrific job um, since taking over as the first development officer. So um, yeah, with a first paid head coach coming in as well. Um, a couple of firsts for the island. And um, yeah, lots been done kind of off the court at the moment to set Guernsey netball up um, for a successful future. So we'll be following that one closely. Uh, right, I think that's just about it from us this week. Um, let's just have a look at what's going on over the weekend and into next week. Where are you going to be, Gareth, this weekend? Uh, I think it's a bit weather-dependent, Tony, to be honest, because <laughs> I imagine there might be a few waterlogged pitches, possibly, this weekend. Um, one place we know for a fact there will be action going on is um, the hockey club because it's um, the all-weather there, and there's a couple more big games. There seems to be big games every week at the hockey at the moment. There's some really good title races, particularly the... The women's league is very tight at the top. Um, last week, Puffins and Panthers drew to all over the top two. And uh, on Saturday, Puffins got a really uh, tough game against Indies coming up. So that'll be another cracker, I'm sure, at two o'clock. And uh, and it's also Colombians Indies in the um, in the men's division one, which will um, no doubt be uh, quite a feisty affair. It's always quite uh, <laughs> quite a good one, good entertainment that one. Um, <laughs> 
elsewhere there's um yeah some important pre league football fixtures going on as long as the um pitches are playable but uh, the big one will be rovers against st martins at portswath at two o'clock with gfc at foots lane on saturday playing the league leaders northward yep that'll be a big game jamie what you got planned um i've got a bit of a mix of sports i'll be involved with or following um <laughs> on saturday we have a penultimate round of a domestic motocross season uh yeah, it's always a good watch down there at Plymouth. The championships have pretty much taken shape by this stage, but there's still a little bit up for grabs, so we'll see if there are any surprises. Um, then on Saturday night into Sunday morning, it's the Guernsey Ultra Nightcracker 31 mile ultra marathon. That's cliffs both ways in the dark. Um, I'm quite a keen runner, and I would not say that's anywhere near my cup of tea, but for a lot of people it is, and... So what you're trying to say, you're not going to be on the start line for that one. <laughs> no, I'm certainly not. It's, but to anyone who is eyeing turning out, then best of luck to you. And Sunday morning, it's the start of a cycling mountain bike series. Uh, there's always some pretty decent competitive depth there. And I would quite like to see how it shapes up with an Island Games on the horizon. Uh, hopefully you can see a few new faces or a few of their newer figures sort of making big improvements leading up to selection. Well, a bit to get your teeth into there, Jamie. Um, uh, I think we'll leave it there for this week. We'll be back um, next Thursday with another Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. And as I say, back on Monday with another look at local football. Uh, We'll leave it there. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony. 